It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Alan Deegan and I've got William Davis here. The crowd are really up for this game because it's the Munster one. Yeah, it's a beautiful night for rugby here. Probably close to a sellout. Uh, people have been piling in since about 6 o'clock. It's a uh, fabulous, calm night, no rain, dryish pitch, which looks magnificent. And this is the conditions Connacht have been looking for. So let's see if they can play some, some good rugby. It's going to be a tight game, a hard game. Munster, very strong, top side picked. And uh, let's, let's get it on. Yeah, Connacht more or less at full strength as well. So it should be a cracker. Perfect weather, perfect pitch, unpainted goalposts. Let's see what happens. We'll talk again in 20 minutes. Okay, William, just coming up to 20 minutes gone. Munster lead by 10 points to nil. Bit of a fractious game. Yeah, it's an error strew and a lot of mistakes. Connacht have lost possession quite a few times. It all looks a bit frantic. Munster haven't done much, but they are 10 nil up. Um, but there's a chance now for uh, Jack Carty with a penalty on the 22, kicking towards the Bohemore end. And uh, Connacht really do need a score, settle everything down a little bit. We'll talk again at half time. Okay, William, it's half time. Monster lead 13 points to 10. This is a real interpro. Yeah, it's a real interpro. Uh, a lot of endeavour, very hard. A bit low on quality. Um, but both sides working very hard. Connacht got themselves well back into that and got them to three points. Half time deficit. They'll take that from where they were in the first 15 minutes when they were under the cosh. And uh, still game on for anybody. Yeah, the great try by O'Halloran who missed the tackle on Zebo for their try, so I think he'll, he'll feel it's one all in that game. So yeah, we'll uh, let this music drown us out and we we'll talk again in 60 minutes. back level after a massive scrum yeah Connacht have uh, really dominated this 10 minutes at the start of the half got their due rewards uh, excellent scrum Munster starting to clear their bench a little bit slightly surprised to see Ian Keatley go off but uh, maybe that's Ireland minutes but we're uh, in business here it's a cracker now Okay, William, just 60 minutes. The score is still 13 all, and it really is a tight, tight game. Yeah, the last 10 minutes have really been Munster's Connacht not doing well on 50 50 balls, and the kicking game by Munster has kept them in this. They're putting a lot of pressure on. We're uh, having to defend very valiantly, but they're still well in the games. 20 minutes to go. Certainly is. We'll talk again in 10 minutes. Just had a red card. Seems a little harsh to me. What do you think? Well, I don't know what players are supposed to do when they're making a tackle. Because once they've committed, they're in the air. I think, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a law they're going to have to look at because you have to, if you're going in and making contact, 
So Jack Carty did have to go off after, but that really shouldn't be part of it. So it's Connacht now, they're playing 14. Yeah, Conway just went over and shook Jack's hand, and Jack took it very graciously. It's unfortunate, but it's going to be a heck of a finish to this game. Okay, William, we've just gone 70 minutes. There's a scrum now. Connacht are in the lead for the first time. Yeah, fabulous try by uh, Tom Farrell. The the monster defence opened and he went straight through it. And uh, it's become a really fevered atmosphere in there now. The place is absolutely rocking. Uh, Connacht still playing against 14 men. They will be till the end of the game. They've got their opportunity now. They need to see this out. They're playing really, really well at this stage, and it really has. It looks as though half the bloody city's come up to watch the end of the game. <laughs> we'll talk again at full time. second half by Connacht and got their just desserts and hopefully they can kick on with that now for the season unfortunately Jared Butler looks pretty badly injured coming off there right at the end yeah. but that was a great performance good work by the bench as well held it together kept making the tackles great win, great win. We'll, talk, we'll talk again when things have calmed down Okay, we're at the post-match section of the podcast and I've got the full crew, sans Rob, who's had to head off home, but I've got Lindy, Dave, Packy and William. William's very tired, so I'll, I'll come to him last. 
and Lindy's being hammered away on the on the keyboard and what the hell is that? And apologies for the interruption. The speakers went a bit nuts tonight. They were a bit too loud all night. But anyway, we'll go. Packy, your thoughts on the game? We'll bring the hint to any other any other business later. Yeah, okay. Um, thoughts tonight? It was ex- just an excellent win. Great. Anytime you beat those crowd, it's just fantastic. Um, we were unlucky in early on the game and they kind of it looked like nerves, losing ball in contact, and then the way they came back into it was uh, it just was just fantastic. And lo and behold, we kicked the bloody ball. So yeah, I'm very happy with that. We did, we did. I had a stat for Rob. Kieran Marmion had kicked the ball nine times all season up to now. And Conor Murray had kicked it ten times last week. But Kieran kicked it a bit more tonight, Dave. Yeah, this is going to shock a lot of people who didn't actually see the game, but um, that was a pragmatic victory. There was kicks for goal when you think, oh, will they kick to the corner? Especially given that Jack... There all seems to be on the first one was on the left hand side, and I knew lining up doesn't suit the left. It certainly doesn't suit Jack, and it doesn't suit, really suit a, a right footed kicker. They went for points. They kicked the ball at times. There was no, ironically, after the first twenty seven seconds when we uh, when Bundy wins the ball back off CJ Stander, which we have to mention, we then cough the ball up because we tried to run it out, and that was the only time we tried to really run it out of the twenty two, and looked like we were under pressure. Um, it was a few. There was, it wasn't perfect, but you know, it's a derby game. These games are never perfect. They never. They very rarely live up to the hype. This one didn't live up to the ultimate hype, but it was by the standards of some of the games we've seen here in, in derbies. It was a fantastic game. Both sides came out to pick. Both both managers picked probably as close to their first choice fifteen as they could be let, given the injuries and given the players coming back. And of course, we got Ireland camps, um, and it just got the crowd going. And like I say, it was a pragmatic victory. And I don't think we've had a pragmatic victory in quite a while. All our victories have either been blood and blood and thoughts, blood guts and thunder, or have been walkouts. That was a pragmatic victory, and it was a victory for the team that was most pragmatic. And I'm delighted it was us. Excellent, Lindley. You've had time to calm down after that mad rush of posting those those reports at the end. What are, what are your thoughts now? Delighted with the win, of course. I think you know. I think Kieran Keane said it actually very briefly from what I heard that, you know, it didn't really, in some ways it wasn't about the performance, it was about the result. And, you know, for, for, for so many years we've always talked about our, our, our good performances um, and our almost wins, but this one, it didn't matter, it was a win. And, you know, it's, it's really important for that, this particular squad and for Kieran Keane to have, to have achieved that here at home. Um, because after, you know, we all know it has been a little bit of a rocky start results-wise to the season. And if I could point to this match in the same way that maybe Pat Lamb pointed to Toulouse, when he always pointed to Toulouse and said, when we bet Toulouse, everyone said, aha, this was the turning point. This is actually what can be done. And maybe, just maybe, and let's hope that this is that same turning point, you know, for Kieran Keane and the squad. Certainly, and, and just before we go and listen to Kieran Annalton um, in the press conference, William, your your thoughts? Yeah, it was a great win. Um, I thought it was a really poor game of rugby, um, with a lot of mistakes and a lot of tennis ball kicking and stuff, uh, which I was quite tedious. But they got the job done, uh, which was a great effort. Uh, defensively, a lot better. Uh, our lineout didn't function, which was a bit of a worry again um, in tight games like this but they seized their chances 
Uh, I think the I think the red card actually really got into Munster's head, even though Razi Erasmus tried to talk it away at the end. But I think he was I think he was seething about it. Um, but he sort of let that go, and it's a good win. Um, I'm concerned about the injury to Jared Butler. I think that looks really nasty because he had a fantastic game. Uh, he was very deservedly man of the match. Unfortunately, he couldn't come out to receive it. And um, let's move on now to the Cheetahs next week, see what they bring. Um, going to be a different type of game, I think. They're going to throw the ball around with, with real abandon, and that should give us opportunities to exploit that. Um, and we'll be quite strong because uh, we've only got three guys going to Ireland. We do indeed. So before we talk about that sort of thing, let's listen to what Kieran Kane and Ulton Delan had to say at the press conference. Kieran, just maybe put into words how it makes you feel to win an interprovincial against Munster, uh, your first home interpro, and it's a big victory. To be honest, it's nothing about me. It's uh, it's more about the performance and the team. Thought they were outstanding. Ten points down. Could have been rattled, you know. Could have, could have, could have capitulated, but uh, showed the character that we've been working on and talking about and trying to uh, trying to bring back a little bit of pride. And I know things haven't gone particularly well all season, but for me, this is a massive, massive win for us. First signs of this were against the Scarlets away. There seems to have been a trend then that the Connacht team seemed to be gaining more and more confidence. Obviously, the couple of wins are good to get as well, but it seems to come together perfectly for this this really really important game at the start of the season. Oh, there's little between the sides, and um, to be fair, there's been little between uh, Connacht and all the sides that we've played. Even though you know, I think Cardiff was was a bit of an aberration for us, but um, we haven't been too far off the pace the whole way through. But we've been lacking a little bit. So tonight uh, it was our night, and it was at home. It was on a beautiful night. Saw the big yellow fella come out this morning, and I was smiling. So my prayers were answered. Um, yeah, it was just it was, a, it was a really good good week. The coaches have worked their backsides off, um, done a great job alongside the players. So. Uh, I think we got what we deserved, to be honest. First 20 minutes, was there? were you surprised to find yourself 10 points down? Were you worried? No, I wasn't, funnily enough. Um, yeah, that's just the cards that you get dealt. I mean, if I'm honest, I, I question a couple of calls here or there, but that can turn the tide of a game. But if, if you let those, those things knock you, then uh, you've got no show. So... We've been working on things like that and we showed a lot of resilience, a lot of calmness, a lot of togetherness. Um, so the camaraderie is just wonderful and it shone out. Resil- re- resilience is a word that probably people are going to talk about a lot because coming from 10 points down, but also after once they received a red card, they went ahead. And traditionally, a lot of people who know this fixture would have been really concerned by that, but Connacht hit straight back. Yeah, we've done a lot of work on, on Munster. We, Given that you know we have a lot of respect for these these games, um, something new to me, and I'm learning it very quickly, uh, particularly after the Ulster fixture and the Ulster crowd, etc., etc. So um, for me, um, the boys 
it was more about keeping them calm than it was about lifting them. They, you could see it in the whites of their eyes. They were ready to go to, uh, today. So it was, I was just thrilled that they got a good result for themselves, and they deserved it. Are you going to take a look at the table now, and are you going to wait for it after the Cheetahs game before you take another glance at it? Uh, coaches, we don't get times to look at tables. <laughs> we just go one day to the next, and um, one game to the next. But this is bigger than just one win, as, as you well know. The Indian Provincial is four points on the table, but it's obviously going to give the lads a huge amount of confidence. Oh, look, that's why I'm so happy for them, because it means a lot to them. Um, they're underdogs, uh, particularly here in Ireland, and... Um, you know, we had the underdog had his day today, so it was pretty cool. Glad to be part of it. Kieran, you there was probably as much kicking in this one game as we've seen here in the last couple of years from both sides. Had you deliberately targeted that today, and um, were you happy with how the kicking game worked out in the end? Oh, I didn't think we won the kicking battle uh, before half time, but we we addressed it and we highlighted that aspect. Um, we didn't get it all perfect but um, you asked the question did we kick, yeah we did we, we kicked uh, deliberately Alton you've just shared with the room there that you're a rare conic band, four games against Munster, four wins, I can safely go through the history books and say that you have the highest amount of wins without losing against Munster anyway so nice little uh, personal accolade but it's a massive win for the squad isn't it Yeah no it's, uh, oh, it's, f- f- it's great for the boys, we like we're just building week to week and I think this game uh, hopefully now can take us on I think we've, we've three wins now so uh, looking forward to next, next week or was it the week after against Cheetahs um, but uh, yeah look uh, you, you always get up for, for these derby matches and that, that like everyone just feels that that much that more that much excitement or sorry that bit more excited for uh, for these games and uh, just um well done for the boys today yeah I just wanted to note something you said in there which is we don't want to get too carried away with it either you have to keep that kind of balance like you you take it that it's more than just four points because it's an inter-pro but at the same time you have work to do to get up that table oh absolutely I mean we we, we, look it's it's a great one for us at home but we know where we stand on that table so you got to take we've got to work on I suppose uh, the flaws that have come up today. I mean, we struggled with the kicking game in the first half. I think we tried to address it in the second half, but uh, I think a good for us was the physicality and defence that we mashed up uh, big time. But uh, look, there's always things to work on, and we, we have to build now for a cheated uh, side that's, that's been performing well at home for themselves. But hopefully, they come on. Um, They'll, uh, they'll meet a tough uh, Connacht side. You really trust that defence, and this year maybe just a slight change in maybe the way Connacht have played in the past. That you're not afraid to kick back late on and just trust yourselves in those closing stages. Yeah, no, we have to we have to take confidence in our in our kickers, and uh, uh, regardless of the outcome, just work hard off the ball. And uh, and uh, yeah, I suppose that's hopefully that stands to us. And it's hard today, I suppose. It's hard hitting out there. Yeah, the physicality was uh, as lovely <laughs> for the fours. We we loved it so. <laughs> Hopefully, I know, we know we know for a fact that Cheetah, the big South African side, will bring the exact same. So it's good for us now. We we can build on this and and hopefully uh, pull off another good win at home. The crowd were brilliant tonight, weren't they? Um, fantastic, unbelievable. Enjoyed every second. Well done. Well, listen. Best luck with Ireland. I mean, you're going to represent Connacht up there. You may not be involved with the Cheetahs, but you have got a hard few weeks ahead. Yeah, very tough few weeks now. But uh, yeah, looking forward to the challenge. It's always. Uh, a bit, bit, bit nerve-wracking, but, uh, but so excited to hopefully get a chance to play again uh, up, up, up to that level. So, um, yeah. Okay, that's the first time I've I've heard Kieran talk about the win being more important than the performance, and I think he got that absolutely bang on when he as he came over the, at the end of the match. 
a lot of the clan had gone, but there was still the, the hardcore was still there, which was nice to see after the because the last time we were here was the Cardiff match and the hardcore had gone after a dis- dreadful display. Um, but the hardcore had stayed behind, and as he came across the field, the, the crowd started cheering him, and he gave a little fist pump and a little smile, and that uh, really got the guys going. So I I think he's um, he's really pleased tonight. I, he, he sounded delighted. Uh, he he doesn't waste words, um, but he's correct about the win. That that was that was part of where they've been coming from. They've won three games in a row. Now. D- winning is a good habit. Doesn't matter who you're beating, when you're beating them, what competition. Just winning uh, settles a lot of people down. And apart from the first little bit where they were a bit nervous and they did cough up some possession, after that they got down to the task at hand and they stuck at it. And um, yeah, they can kick on from that. They certainly can. Lindy, what do you think? Like the crowd seemed to grow as the match went on. Uh, the last time I saw that was I think it was Leinster a few years ago when I think half the town came up and, and watched it. And by the end, the place was bouncing. Isn't it great though that there was, it was a full house here tonight and that they actually had to put the extra seating up at the ends, you know, of the pitch. Well, if you can't get a full house when Connacht play Munster, then you know it, it would be a little bit of a worry. Um, but it's good to see that those faithful, obviously a lot of Munster fans do swell the, the numbers there. But it's great to see that you know you get the win and you're you are sort of uh, you're saying to the crowd, well, thank you very much for being here. You've you know you've come, you've seen us win, and you know we're, we've produced the goods here. So it's all a bit of a payback too for those supporters who are always coming out. We can particularly the ones who came out in the last couple of weeks here in the pouring rain. And, I, you know, it, and it's funny when Kieran Keane did say, you know, in his post-match press conference that he, when he woke up this morning and he saw the big yellow fellow smiling, uh, has said his prayers were answered. And, you know, it does make a huge difference to the side. And strangely enough, yes, we didn't run as much. We did kick a lot. But that's the pragmatism, isn't it, that maybe is, is being introduced here. And that's that's also, a, you know, a good thing to see that, you know, Connick can mix it up. In fact, both sides kicked a, a, a hell of a lot of ball, you know. Um, yeah, which was, I thought, was, you know, quite unusual, particularly given the conditions. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a great, great result for Connick. And as, as William says, the Cheetahs might be a slightly different ball game. Um but, you know, hopefully it will kick on from here. The, the crowds will keep coming back and, and Kieran Keane and his boys can, uh, can take a well-deserved pat on the back that this is their third win in a row. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent stuff. Paki, I'm going to put you on the spot here. And what were your thoughts on from a Munster perspective? How do you think that they'll have looked at it? Will they turn around and say the red card made the difference? Um, maybe. And they could. I mean, it did make a difference. Uh, Connacht, actually, <laughs> I'm delighted with it. Um, it took us a while after he got s- after Conway got sent off. He or they they got a penalty just after that, and they they got ahead. But we we used we used the ground well. Ronaldson kicked very well. We kept it all in field. So I'm assuming that that was a tactic, um, and uh, it worked. And it was a, it was a good tactic. The defence very well. They came up hard, and then they they softened their pace and um, just absorbed what was coming into them. Munster. Munster okay. Their line-out wasn't brilliant either. I think both teams picked each other off in the line-out. Um, Rossi Rasmus was saying they had two, you know, the two heavy games the last while and said, you know, realised that you can't, yeah, a quick turnaround, you can't come up here, he said. Um, and, you know, expect an easy ride or anything like that. For Munster, yeah, I'm sure they'd be a bit disappointed, sure, why wouldn't they, they lost. But um, really and truly, I don't think they can have any complaints. I think they were the best side. Okay, well, We'll come to the red card scenario because I think that's what 
Munster fans are going to focus on that the fact that the red card changed the game. Personally, I don't think it made that much of a difference, but and I also thought it might have only just been a yellow. But I think you've seen a bit better, a better picture of it than I did, Dave. First of all, Munster fans are going to say it changed the game because you know we would if it was us. Let's 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 go. You are going to say it. Well, by the nature of game changes. The problem is, is that Andrew Conway goes up. Now, if Andrew, you think Andrew Conway hit with the shoulder. If he'd hit with the shoulder, yeah, yellow card, no problem. Absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. The problem for Andrew Conway was it's a, it's a leading elbow. Okay. And that's why it's a problem. Um, will you get a long suspension? Prah, given what they did to Joe Marler uh, this week, which was an absolute disgrace. I mean, talk about, talk about re- really fine. I mean, that's, a, that's worthy of some of the best county boards in GA finding a, finding a peculiar ruling to get a guy off his suspension. He'll get one week. He'll, he'll be set up next week. He will, I think if he gets two weeks, he's on, he, he might get two weeks. If he gets more than two weeks, I think he's unlucky. But in the current day and age, if you lead with your arm or your elbow into somebody's head, and the player has to go off, you're doomed. Fair enough. Okay, we'll take a break there. Okay, and we're back, and we want to talk about who played well for Connacht and Munster when it comes down to it. But let's start off with the, the home team. Who who caught your eye tonight, William? Uh, Gerald Butler, obviously, and Tom Farrell. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a really good game. Um, he was there all the time. He was in the right place. Uh, there's been questions over his defence previously. I thought his defence tonight was really good in the middle. Um, Bundy was doing a lot of organising in there, a lot of shouting, a lot of arm waving. That's his job, leading that line. And um, I thought he had a good game. I thought honourable mention for Jack Carty with some of his tackling. He put in a couple of really heavy hits. And um, I think that if, if I was taking anything out of the game, most it would actually be the defence that it worked as a unit right through. And when the guys came off the bench, they were up to pace. Okay, Packy, do you want to? Give me a Munster player and and Laconic player. Uh, Keatley for me was uh, was played well for Munster. Uh, I think when they took him off, they kind of went to to boss Hanrahan. Uh, really wasn't at the races. Shocking missed tackle on Tom Farrow for the try, and dropped a ball. Wasn't that composed? He had a couple of nice kicks. No, but I think Keatley ran fairly well for them. Actually, ran the game fairly well for them. Um, and for Connacht, I know Tom Farrell was excellent, but. Um, Bundy has a touch of class that I'm not sure any players in Ireland have, to be honest, and that's why he's in the Irish squad. But uh, like he's he's popped to Butler for uh, Tiernan's try it was just top drawer, um, and he did it twice in the game. Like um, who else? Uh, yeah, that honour mention for Jared Butler ran for 41 meters, put in another serious shift again. Um, he'll be a loss because it looks like he'll be out for a while. Yeah, hopefully it won't be it won't be too bad, Dave. Your thoughts? Well, I think I think the guys have covered the, the big guys. I want to mention this as well for for Kieran Marmion. I think he, I think he gives he gives us something that uh, no offense, Caelan Blade, but it, 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 there's definitely a step up when when Kieran is on the pitch. I thought Tiernan is playing himself nicely back in the form, um, but overall you have to say, and I think this ties in with William's point about the team and, and the subs is that it was a team effort, especially in that last three minutes. There wasn't, I mean, that we can't have this tendency to, to, to scare their fans by taking a lead and then in the last minute giving away a penalty uh, on the halfway line and then defending for three minutes until, you, until the clock on your systems breaks down because it can't believe the match is still going on weirdly that almost happened tonight but weirdly I didn't feel they were ever going to be breached because 
I mean, and you're right, it was every, it was Jack was putting in tackles, and yes, we can talk to Toms and Jarrods, but the props all put in tackles, and the, and the guys that came off the bench put in tackles, and it was, it was a fantastic team effort, so whilst we are singling out guys, we have to say that overall, not one player out there didn't put in, a, uh, uh, a, well, it, it says it normally 80 minutes, it was a lot more than 80 minutes, uh, 80 minutes tough, because it was tough going, these, these are, dar- we come back to this, these are derby games, they are in- very, very, there's a level of intensity that isn't there, it doesn't have to be a quality intensity, but there is a level of intensity, as for Munster, Ah, they've, they've got some great players I thought Zebo, given the week he's had put in a, a good performance I think Murray's always going to be a class act a um, couple of the guys I thought I thought, uh, I thought I have to give some to the young hooker who came on because they were having serious problems in their lineup. and uh, it's Corinthians man yeah when well, you lost them to Munster so you haven't been doing that good a job um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah so and, and the, only, the only one I'm going to bring a point of is that when Tommy O'Donnell came off all of a sudden, the Connacht out half had a little bit more space to play in and he had a little less pressure put on him. I, I, I thought he'd played very well. I think Tommy O'Donnell's one of the most unluckiest players in terms of Ireland selections. Because, I mean, we have so many sevens. I mean, Leicester are about 900 sevens as it is. And I mean, uh, they, they can even leave out their starting seven for tomorrow, can't even get in the Ireland squad. So I think Tommy O'Donnell's a bit unlucky. He happens to be in the position where we're quite strong. But I like Tommy O'Donnell as a player. I'd like that back row. There's the nastiness. Uh, but the, the 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 controlled nastiness of Peter O'Mahony and the the the, the intensity of tackle of um, of, of Tommy O'Donnell, CJ Stander is just a class number eight. Though I come back to Bondi ripped the ball out of him after 27 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a pretty cool part of the game. So that, like we can we can we, Troy, of course. <laughs> well yeah well we can talk about that and well uh, we won't actually no we leave it there. I think we've we've talked enough about the match. I think we've covered most things. I think the next biggest thing to talk about is the Ireland squad and. Who wasn't picked and who was picked? Who who wants to start this one off? <laughs> All right, Dave's gone. <laughs> yeah, look, Connacht have three guys in there. There's a few people missing that um, are causing a bit of a surprise. Uh, Tiernan Halloran being one of them. Um, Kieran Kane talked about that this evening. He said he probably hasn't played enough. Mm. Um, but the fact that he's been replaced by somebody like Rob Kearney hasn't played at all. Uh, his... Um, peculiar but we all know that Rob Kearney tends to get selected when he's when he's fit uh, you, you've got a you've got a um, an interesting uh, angle on this go on you, you you told a story before the game about why you think he might be picked all right when I was a very small kid I had a little scruffy teddy bear that went everywhere with me it was a good luck charm and I've come to the conclusion that Rob Kearney is uh, basically uh, Joe Schmidt's little scruffy teddy bear <laughs> indeed, indeed. Packy, your thoughts. It's hard to add to that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Dave is the other scruffy teddy. Um, I, to me, uh, Tiernan Hallard was uh, extremely unlucky not to be named in the squad. I think to anybody, Jesus, to anybody that has any passing interest in rugby could realise that. Um, very, very, very unlucky. Delighted for the other, the other lads. Uh, I think Phil, Finley Bealham is very hard done by, and um, as to their squad itself, well, will we start on the controversy now or? Well, we yeah, no, just I preempted it there a few yeah, weeks ago, yeah, yeah. and lo and behold, they didn't let me down. Um, all of a sudden, it was all talk about Bundy. Uh, nobody mentioned CJ Stander. I'd love actually to go back and watch or look at all the tweets and everything when CJ Stander was named for Ireland. There was. Little bit of dissent, I'm sure, as always, but nothing like what's there now for uh, for Bundy, and um, it's just still, I just still find it bizarre beyond belief. Uh, it's just it's 
complete uh, hypocrisy. Actually, I do have one thing. Um, Donald Lennon was uh, Donald Lennon this week uh, complained, seemed to complain about Bundy being named in the Irish squad. When I saw him on against the head last year after the Toulouse game, saying that Joe Schmidt was going to have to get him into an Irish squad, that it was vitally important that he get him into an Irish squad. So um, some people have short memories. They do indeed, Dave. I think Bundy is not the reason why a certain monster fullback has not been has not been uh, has not been picked. I think uh, for a start, for a start, I think if you look at the players who come in, I would. I'm going to mention players I think who should be in the squad who are not from Connacht. I think uh, Luke Marshall is having a good season. He should be in the squad. I think Rory, I think Noel Reid. I mean, if I was Noel Reid, I'd be going, I'm playing at Leinster, how can I not get in the squad? Jordy Murphy is starting at seven tomorrow. Is not getting in the squad. Um, do you look at Billy Holland? Billy Holland is a good, solid pro. He's, been, he's got an international cap. He has been replaced by a Tyro, who could be brilliant. We don't know. But the guy has not, who's played, is making only his second start of the season tomorrow. There is a tight head prop in the, in the squad who is third choice for his province. Finlay, Connor Carey, you'd even argue Rodney, who is starting tomorrow. There are props around the country in the other three provinces who are starting. There are certain players, because they wear a blue jersey or in the squad, they may be brilliant. They are maybe the future. But I'm sorry, you have to be playing regularly. It's one of the big problems. I mean, Jerry Thorny wrote a very interesting article. It was one of the more balanced ones we've seen this week. And we basically listed off that neither Kearney had played in, played in either of the European games. Dave Kearney had played once in... Rob Kearney's played once in seven weeks. Dave Kearney's played once in five weeks. Um, I know Leinster have depth, but... If you're looking at players from the Leinster squad who should be in the squad, you have to make a case for Ross Byrne being in the squad. You have to make it like Joey Carberry is a better fullback because Leinster are playing him a fullback than Rob Kearney. If Joey Carberry is, a, is considered better for his promise than Rob Kearney is, somebody take a hint. And if you then think, well, we need a Leinster out half, then you have to look at Ross Byrne. Um, we look at, I mean, Ross Maloney is being picked. He started more games than um, than James Ryan has. Uh, the, the Byrne brothers. You'd even argue Michael Bent is further up the pecking order at Leinster than Andrew Porter is, and Michael Bent is not considered. And I'd like to go back. Finally, Bundy's been here for three years. He's he's getting criticised for getting a cap. Michael Bent was here for three minutes and he was on the pitch. Fair play, Dave. Okay, now that now we've calmed down after the Dave rant, Lindley, Lindley, bring bring some levity to the whole situation. Well, I think the, um, the whatever you can say about a controversy about about Bundy or not, I think basically it's just easy journalism. Quite frankly, I think it's lazy journalism. I think it's just an excuse for certain people to write stories, and it's a very easy subject. And I just think we should just ignore it, and because that's what it deserves. Bundy has paid his dues. He doesn't make the rules. The rules are made by the IRFU, and he's only following. He's only it's, he, he's only playing to the best of his ability, and. You know, to be fair, he chose Ireland. He could have chosen Samoa if he if he'd wanted to, uh, but you know, obviously Joe Schmidt wanted him and identified him, and you know he's brought him into the squad. I think that can only benefit Ireland. I think it can only benefit. I'm delighted to see to be able to see Bundy and and Rob Henshaw, Robbie Henshaw back together again because they did have something magical between them. Two very confident. Absolutely, and 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 it would be really exciting. I'm really looking forward to seeing those two, you know, appear paired up again. As for the rest of the people who didn't get in, oh look, everyone feels sorry for Turnin, quite frankly. But you know, but um, Kieran Keane did did kind of sort of flagged it. He flagged it at a press conference this week when he said that. Uh, Players would not get in who have only played one or two matches, and I think that was flagging. I think that was flagging. Basically, sorry, sorry, sorry Dave, Dave's holding his face in his hands because we know that certain Leinster players haven't done I that. Know, but yes, but, 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 but 
what I'm saying is I think that was that was uh, Karen Kane flagging it. I think um, there's a there's a I think Finley Bellum is is another person who could feel undone by and you just had to applaud applaud it to go out to the scrum tonight yeah. because it was absolutely superb. So I think the most important thing is is that we're still we are being talked about. Yeah. Connacht is being talked about. Connacht's players are being talked about. Connacht have now gone out and beaten eleven Ireland squad members. Mm-hmm you know, with only three themselves. And, you know, that's the most important thing. And also, you'd have to recognise that we always knew Bundy was going to be going to Ireland. Well, there was always that expectation that he was going to go to Ireland. And it's nice to see that Connacht have moved very quickly to get his replacement in Peter Aki. Indeed. William? Um, I'm not here to defend Joe Schmidt. I think what does happen, though, is they, they build up views on players over quite long periods of time Mm -hmm. they don't make instantaneous decisions and they all coaches have their favorites and they go back to them um and i think age is going to be an interesting one because i wonder is he now really starting to think about the world cup Mm -hmm. it's very hard for any coach in this part northern hemisphere to say right i'm not exactly dropping the six nations but i really want to concentrate on getting guys ready for japan I think there's only 19 internationals till they have to play their first warm-up game for the J- Japan World Cup. Um, so it's a complicated business, and it's for the players who didn't get selected, it's a very long road that doesn't have a bend in it, so we'll see how it goes. I think there's plenty of opportunities going forward. And your business, I know Packy's got some very, very important ones. Um, he's, he came up with, I, I think there's something to do with people not answering their phone oh yeah we all know about the situation in Galway traffic and uh, rank two two members of the Craggy podcast this evening wondering about especially one member who lives in the east side of the town that would really be a benefit to me wondering about traffic and uh, they didn't bother answering their phones or call me back so that's one <laughs> well the reason for that was uh, I was uh, here at half past five to avoid the traffic <laughs> <laughs> and number two uh, at that time I was uh, myself and Rob were recording our uh, Facebook video for Galway Bay FM and my phone was switched off <laughs> not much you can say to that Paggy no nothing ok so we'll, we'll take it on your, your second one and we had a little bit of it earlier on in the podcast um, the tweet about the music and in stadiums sweet suffering I, I've been told by another member of the Craggy podcast that uh, I'm slightly out of touch with the fashion trends. Maybe I'm slightly out of touch <laughs> with uh, pre-game music in uh, stadiums. Uh, I don't think. Well, I don't know who likes it, but um, there's a competition out there now by the RFU to uh, to vote for what song to play before the English team come out on the pitch in Twickenham. Hijacked. That is so going to be. It's go, It's going to be a nation once again, lads. It's definitely going to be a nation once again. I mean, you know, there's. I mean, the Scots will hijack it. The Welsh will hijack it. The French will hijack it. They'll find something that. Yeah, a nation once again. It'll serve England right. Uh, Even if it isn't selected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lenley, you, you 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 seem to disagree with with Packy there. I'm not disagreeing with Packy at all. No. No, all I right. just no. I, I I tend to I tend to think actually I, I think he has a point. Um, I've actually found some of the, the music for some reason today quite um, distracting in, in many ways. You know, it's look, it's I'm sure they do these their analysis and they do their you know 
selections and they analyse what was what they're trying to who they're trying to appeal to and obviously their marketing and things like that. That's what they've employed staff for. So I presume that's what they have come up with. They had got it right for a long time. For last season and a half, the music had been turned down to a nice level of background music. But tonight, today, it sounded as though someone else was looking after the music and they were pounding at us. It was kind of frustrating. William, do you have anything to say on this subject? Yeah, it was a bit loud. Um, look, there are a few things, just fan interaction. They're, all these organisations are absolutely obsessed with it. They employ people to do it. They write reports about it. They have uh, focus groups about it. And, uh, sure, look, it gives employment to people. And if you think it's bad here, go to Twickenham because the music there is beyond annoying and the fact that they have to play a little ditty every time uh, England score a try and then they play something else when the other team scores and I think they assume that people's attention span can't actually cope with about 10 seconds of quiet yeah yeah it's shocking anybody else got any other business okay here we go here's Dave firstly okay Lindley's off bye Lindley I'd like to add my uh, congratulations to James Crombie on the birth of Daughter number four, Sarah Ann. Uh, I missed that out. Uh, congratulations, James. Uh, took some uh, time off, uh, some father time off tonight, and he was, he was noticeable by his absence. James is my sympathy. A house with five women in it. <laughs> well, that's the female. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's that's the uh, female uh, offended. Uh, I'd like to also disassociate my com- myself from comments made last week about the fact that Neil Francis is a journalist worth reading. Um, not this week, he wasn't. Um, <laughs> And, th- disappeared too. and thirdly, um, can we avoid situations where you have 8,000 people here and 3,000 people in um, Terryland Park being on at the same time? It's poor management by both clubs, probably s- slightly more Connacht's and the IRF and the Pro 4 team because these are the last round of fixtures in the electricity league and they can't be moved because they all have to be played off at the same time for, for uh, integrity. But it's just... And, and of course, of course, uh, RT have to take a share of the blame as well. And um, it would have been nice. It would have made slightly more sense to have this game on tomorrow. It's either part of a double header or as a switch with the Ulster game. It's just I don't think too many people made a choice. I think they made a clear cut which one game they were going to go to. But someone from like me who would like to have been at both games, it would have been nice. Uh, apart from that, uh, hard luck to go with United. It's be interesting what happens with them. But that's for another podcast. And uh, yeah, well, it'll be interesting what happens next week because uh, the Saffers are coming. Indeed. Packy, you have something else? I do have one more thing. The, uh, the Connacht uh, branch fan survey that they're doing. Oh, yes. I'd urge everybody to do it. If you, if you don't like some of the questions and think they don't apply to you, take the not likely or least likely. Don't rubbish it. Please get everybody else to do it. We need a new stadium. We need a fit-for-purpose stadium for a professional rugby team in, in, in the west of Ireland. And... Um, Seriously, put down what you think on it because it is vitally important. Joke, all jokes aside, it's, it's a huge important, hugely yeah. important thing. And, and, and to continue the series, I've just remembered something. Take a look at the Ireland Sevens kit and tell me it's not a knockoff little version of the Connacht kit. <laughs> it, does, it does seem to be along that lines. I only have one thing for any other business unless you have something, William. No. No. Okay. My my one is that. Um, as the person who's most follically challenged amongst us, who struggles to grow any sort of beard or moustache, uh, I decided to take on the Movember challenge. Oh, um, there's a slight serious side to it in that, you know, part of, you know, when it, one of the guys at, in where I work has asked me to get involved and I said, yeah, okay, what's, you know, how, where's the charity element? I need to have a, a reason to do this. I can't be doing it just for the fun of it. 
and one of the charities or one of the elements is mental health, men's mental health and especially suicide awareness and it's just over five years since um, Dave O'Hara passed away, um, Galwegian who was a, a, a cracking young man, um, I had loads of time from him, he was a fabulous guy, um, full of life, full of energy, fantastic rugby player, on the verge of close enough to Connacht level capabilities um, and unfortunately he he died by suicide, so I'm looking to try and raise some money. So I'll be sending out a tweet with um, the link to my Movember campaign, and I'll take anything, ten cents up to whatever people can afford, and um, you can have a good laugh at me trying to grow a moustache. Oh, what design are you going to put on yeah, your moustache? I think uh, I think it's a pasha. I think he he brought a good I don't think he could pull off a good magnum. Yeah, you never I don't know. think he has the whole scouser 1970s look. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it at that, guys. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Cheers. We'll chat again next week.